and that's why they spell it catsup. What's going on, everybody? This is the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, a podcast for cover band musicians and band leaders to learn how to rock more while also sucking less. Currently, the highest rated cover band podcast in the world. In Atlanta, Georgia, I'm Adam Johnson. In Greensboro, North Carolina, I'm Dan Ray. Both in quantity and numerically. Yeah. I, I might add. Yeah. And uh, that's the branding from here on out. Maybe Number Rock one. More Suck Less is, is second place to highest rated in the universe. That's right. And well, we don't know about planets where they have podcasts, but I mean, we know about one. Considering the proliferation of podcasts on this planet, the existence of podcasts on other planets seems I mean, highly likely. Intelligent life has certainly discovered the concept elsewhere. I, yeah. It, <laughs> any, yeah. Any aliens with their salt surely have podcasts. This show is off to a fantastic start. <laughs> Welcome to the sci-fi, well, how you- sci-fi podcast podcast. Yep. Here we are. It's the show within the show. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, how's it going, man? You know, pretty good. Pretty good. Had a good week. Played uh, what was going to be a karaoke show at the swimming pool club that I mm-hmm. was at with my partner, Taylor, uh, a, few, a month or so ago. Um, aside from two five-year-olds, one of them doing the wait, surprisingly, it's a bedtime song for him, apparently. Really oh. weird choice, in my opinion, but whatever. <laughs> I would agree. Um, and the other one doing I Want It That Way. Uh, aside from those two adorable attempts, there was zero interest in karaoke. So it was just a just a dance show. And uh, and that was fine. Had fun. Did the thing. The kid who wanted to do the wait didn't know any of the words and can't read. <laughs> so, well, so that was tough. It was tough. I feels I, like I mostly sang the challenge. verses, and then we get the chorus, and and he was all about hey, come off that that part. He had totally yeah. He's got the fanny part yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. The timing of that like double entrance into that line, he didn't quite have either. But um, but he's five. What are you gonna do? You know, another thing is that you know we're talking about the weight by the band, yeah. and in our part of the world, that's a very common yes song but we are a, we are an international podcast so the concept of, of using the word fanny as a name right uh to some of our friends across the pond might be uh hilarious and or scandalous so yeah. well and the fact that so if you don't know the song it's um sort of a story told first person about bad things are happening and it's maybe we're in hell we're not quite sure we're not quite sure but it's bad it's, it's bad stuff yeah. and everybody's unhappy and trying to get along and bad and so for this to be a commonly sung song for a five-year-old's bedtime is i don't know yeah that's a i mean it's a choice i think about all the songs that like we used to sing when we were like kids and and just revisiting the lyrical components of it and and being disturbed Mm -hmm. because like i loved billy jean like that song's awesome yeah but it's like i i didn't grasp any of that dirty diana also (laughs) i mean i was a big michael jackson fan he's talking about we i'm just sitting there just seven eight years old just you know, oh, she the girl likes is mine. In the band. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Trouble, trouble, troubling. It's problematic. It's not great. Yeah. Anyway, well, that's fine. <laughs> Pivot, I suppose. Yep, yep. And then, well, so then the rest of my week, uh, and we'll talk about this later because it's um something worth coming back to. But uh, my drummer Charlie and I went out on a gig hunting pub crawl yesterday. It was very successful, and um, I will um cough up the deeds of that later. Fantastic. So let's see. On my end, no gigs. First week of school. It was all about getting back in the routine. Kids did great. Still back and forth about the October dates and uh, also just advancing a bunch of other stuff that we've got coming down the pike uh, in 2024. I feel like we're already like whatever happens through the rest of the year it happens. But uh, I mean, we're, we're already that far out. Mm-hmm. So feeling good about that. Still trying to figure out if this corporate kind of event for Warped is going to happen. I'm still kind of 
casually putting that material kind of back in rotation just to get re-familiarized with it. Yep. And then not this coming week, but next week, we're doing what I'm calling a Guitar Boys rehearsal where uh, it's just me, Joey, our guitar player, and Jeff, our new bass player. Uh, we're just going to hang out and just kind of be real, real nerdy and granular uh, to make sure that everybody's playing what they're supposed to and also doing it in the absence of Amber or our drummer who d- has no time for this stuff. Right, yeah. Because a- he's he shows up and he's just like, yeah, I know this. Yeah. I know this. I know and the then he's got to sit stops th- are. through. Th- yep. Yeah. And the rest of us are just trying to like find our uh, our A's from a hole in the ground. Right. And uh, so I'm, right. I'm just going to let him take that night off. Yeah. You know, my child wants to play drums. She's um, decided that's what she's going to do. And we have said, I have said, give me six months of piano lessons first. Mm. So I want you to have some music theory, some understanding of how chords work and that sort of thing. I know a lot of drummers and, and God love them who are, are like that. Like <laughs> it's, a, it's a thing that I've noticed that drummers don't even know songs names. Yeah. It's just they, the, Oh, this is the one that goes down. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. So I've said like, let's just get a little real music in. I mean, not real music, it's real music but easy, man. Sorry, Come on. Sorry. Sorry. But like some, some music theory that can come up behind all that stuff. And then, and then Charlie, again, my drummer is a drum teacher. He's taught for years and years. So we'll probably use our practice space for that. When she's ready, he's, he's like ready to go whenever she is. So that started this week and I've had Frere Jaca and um, Claire de Lune stuff happening behind my shoulder here. You can see the practice instrument <laughs> over yeah. my shoulder here in my office is where it lives. So that's been fun. 20 minutes a day of that. So, uh, would you be doing electronic drums or real bangy skins? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, she'll need a kit at home. If it's going to be electronics, I will probably do what I can to not cheap out on that. The cheap ones are terrible. Yeah, they're not great. But there are some higher end ones that feel like drums and behave like drums. You almost can't tell. Yeah, we'll cross that bridge. I, I'd love to put her in headphones <laughs> when she's as practicing soon as possible. drums. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I only bring that up because uh, I've noticed at the last few times I've been at like Guitar Center, a couple of the big big box stores, Pacific Drums made these Aquabat signature drum kits. They're kind of in that Breakbeats, Questlove smaller kit size, mm-hmm. but it's like bright blue with the little Aquabat logos all over it. It's so much fun. Cool. And but they're like three. It's like three ninety nine. It's not. Well, it's, look. They're they're well built and um, that's a pretty solid price point. Yeah. So yeah. Just throwing it out there. If anybody's in the market for a small throw around kit go check those out because they're neat and uh it looks like they're trying to clear them out and it, it like it's not a it's not like a toy drum kit it is a right. small format yeah i mean pacific is the import dw brand so yeah, yeah. they'll be solid cool. cool beans uh let's see other things that are going on we are still accepting new submissions for the listener survey if you haven't filled that out yet please do so we will make sure to put it in the show notes this time uh if you were an early listener we had uh Missed left it. that out but yeah. we will not make that mistake again no, indeed and then we've got a couple of other things that have kind of popped up related to the podcast last week we had mentioned that patreon patreon's been doing a lot of moving and grooving yeah so they've offered the ability to do annual purchases of memberships as opposed to month to month which has been neat we've had multiple people come in doing it that way and then uh again they just kind of dropped this on them on us the middle of the week all of the bonus Patreon episodes that you used to have to literally go to Patreon's website to listen to, uh, you can just listen to on Spotify now. Just they flip the switch like, hey, this is happening now. It's very cool. So it makes it way easier to consume that stuff. And so if uh, you want to hear, I don't know, 
all the additional hours of me and Dan talking about stuff that mostly is not music related, just all the other stuff that's going on in our lives. Yeah. Joining at the $10 level uh, will give you access to all that stuff. I don't know. There are some, if there's wanted- some nights that Patreon stuff goes way deep on some topic that's like. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's sometimes it's better than the episode. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Depending on you know the subject matter, yeah. but yeah, if you do the ten dollars a month, get you access to that, and then if you do an annual purchase, uh, you get ten percent off of that. So it's basically like a month for free. So hop on that yeah. for sure if that's something that you've been contemplating. All right. With that being said, let's go to reviews. This is again our favorite part of the show because we get to hear what you guys have to say. This one is a five star review from Apple Podcast JMP, a series of ones and some other numbers. <laughs> Love seeing knowledge shared. Too often musicians are only out for number one and getting anyone to share a contact or talk ideas can be like pulling teeth. It's great to hear y'all pass along knowledge and ideas. I can't wait to get out and use this information to my benefit using some of the ideas this show has given me. Big thanks to uh, JMP. I think that's a numbers. birthday. I think that's 11-11-81. I think it's one 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 eighty. That's my guess. Uh, and I just jumped out at me. My mother's birthday is 11-11. So. Well, there you go. There you go. If you want to hear your name and uh, your birthday and or any other pertinent information out on the uh, on the show, leave a review. It's easy to do. Mike will tell you all about it as we wrap up the show. Okay. I think we're all caught up. I think so, too. So, you went to a show uh, this week. I did. And I have some things I want to say about it. So <laughs> I was debating on whether this this could be a, a show-worthy topic. And I think we just agreed that it's more me complaining. Um, <laughs> but if you have any input on this particular subject, I'm I, I, we'd love to hear about it. Coverbandconfidential@gmail.com. So on Friday we went to see Counting Crows and Dashboard Confessional. They've been doing a, uh, a tour all summer, and uh, it didn't seem like there would be that much overlap because generationally they're kind of pretty far apart. But it's uh, it's all sad people music, right? You know, so. It makes sense. And uh, I will say this it was really cool. We we showed up early because my wife is like loves Dashboard. And when they came out, Adam Duritz introduced them for the headliner to come out and introduce the opener. It's cool. not something that, you know, most openers would do, uh, but they did. And Dashboard was fantastic. Sounded great. They had this really just positive energy hmm. and sounded awesome the players in the band were tremendous like the music sounded great and we we had a really really good time as they were wrapping their setup you know we're getting ready to see kind of crows and i had heard from other people that like you know the music's good but adam duritz their singer doesn't really do the songs the way that you're accustomed to mm. and i kind of knew that going in and was let's say hesitantly optimistic that maybe it wasn't going to be that way and they played Mr. Jones like two or three songs into their set. Wow. So like super early. And at that point, it became very clear that he's just not going to do it. And so he basically talked through that song, gave people nothing really to latch on to, even if they wanted to sing along. And as it progressed, it, I got more and more. I, I would say I was annoyed, but it kind of pissed me off if I'm being perfectly honest, mm. because to me, it felt almost antagonistic like i'm i'm not going to do it because he'd occasionally sing a couple of lines with the right melody and then he he'd jump off of it which shows to me it shows intent like I, i'm doing this on purpose yeah. i'm i'm keeping i'm keeping this from you and i don't know i i think that is uncool to do uh because people wanted to sing along they were trying to sing along 
And he was not following the right cadence. He wasn't following the melody lines. He was, it felt like he was going out of his way to make sure that people couldn't participate in that part of, uh, of the show, yeah. which feels kind of crappy to me. And if you were to make a guess at his state of mind, at, you know, what, what was driving that artistic choice on his part, what would you, so antagonistic, you know, you've already said kind of that feel, but like, what's the, what's the tone of it? What's the point of it for him? To me, it feels like, oh, I'm ne- I can't do the same thing over and over again. Like I can't play. I saw some articles like Adam Duritz never sings the same song twice. Right. Like the same way twice. Like how cool is like, that? Like, okay. Like how cool is that? Yeah. Right. Like go him. It's pretty. Yeah. Now, the, another thing that happened that I I didn't really dwell on until after the, the show wrapped is as we were uh, coming into the venue, there was a dude walking around in the parking area with like this crazy looking wig and he was carrying like a sign with like a QR code and it became clear as I because he was and he was basically like talking to anybody that walked by, mm. like walking up to him. And it turns out that he must be the singer for a, a uh, Counting Crows tribute. Right. And when I looked at his sign, it, it said Counterfeit Crows, nice. which pretty much confirmed my, my assumption. I didn't get a chance to talk to him because uh, he had already passed as we were walking into the venue. But I would be really interested in seeing if they do it like the record or not. Yeah. And whether that's a selling point to go and see them or not. Mm. because. If going to see the band do the songs that you want to hear, but won't do it the right way, I probably, I'm not going to go see Counting Crows again, just flat out. But I may go see Counterfeit Crows. Yeah. If they're going to do it the way that like yeah. I remember it. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, that might be, that might be the value add for, for people. It's interesting. You know, there's, there's a, I have a couple of thoughts. One is like, is the song that we know just one take out of an infinity alternative versions he's done that we just captured in time and we all got to know i don't know you love the songs that you love because of the way that they are yeah you buy the record and you listen to the record yeah and you listen to it over and over and over and those those tracks are well worn in your mind so to just do it just because yeah yeah feels kind of again Feels kind of crappy. And, and frankly, as as a new band, you know, th- on their first tour behind their first album, there's no way he'd have gotten away with that. No, like not a chance. Absolutely not. Not a chance. So, so something shifted. Yeah, maybe yeah. it's somewhere. It was somewhere between dating Courtney Cox <laughs> and dating Jennifer Aniston. Right. He just said he wasn't going to do it. Not just he's not going to be friends with any of that anymore. The other thought is maybe he is resisting the idea of being a, a nostalgia act. Or predictable. Predictable. Maybe. Listen, I saw, was, um, toward the end of my early college, so it would have been like 90, 91, 92, 93, something, the Classic yeah. Rock Station in Salt Lake City had a 12 Bands for 12 Bucks show. And it was like Edgar Winter, BTO, ELO, uh, wow. Steppenwolf, Stephen Stills, Acoustic. Um, mm-hmm. It was huge. And then the big headline at the end of the night was Santana. And mm-hmm. phenomenal show. But word on the street was Santana got into town, found out what he was playing at, saw these other acts and got super pissed because he refuses to be considered like classic rock over the hill nostalgia right. act. In fact, he had his his second act was a couple of years away, right? He hadn't right. had his new album that was like suddenly made him relevant again. Right. Um, I think a band like that, that, that has nostalgia as a core value 
I could see them rejecting that and trying to put new spin on stuff and in a way that may or may not land with the folks who were there for what they loved when they were younger. That sounds like a viable possibility, but nothing else about that show indicated that was the case. Uh. The structures were the same. They weren't doing like weird takes on anything else. Like the band was playing stuff like it was in the record hmm. and again musically it was exquisite like it, they sounded amazing but, and, and amazing you know, tr- I, true to the album right yeah. yeah and if there was embellishments it was justifiable you know based yeah. on yeah. whatever context there was in the performance and i mean I, I just kind of walked out of there with like a bad taste in my mouth was i disappointed yes did i ball during long december anyway also yes yeah. you know it it just they could have done it a certain way and uh maybe i'm not the target demo maybe i'm the problem maybe because i wanted to hear you know those songs that i loved and the way that they were done maybe i'm i'm the uh the odd man out maybe but it was also i think the fact that dashboard played before them and kind of did all of that with a wink and a nod and like got that there was a little bit of a a nostalgia Mm -hmm. element to it Mm -hmm. but they were having fun with it yeah I think just put what was going on with the with the headliner in just sharper contrast because it's just like the energy he was putting off just was not great. He mm. he he was sitting down a lot, uh, and I mean, great. The guy's fifty eight. I'm not trying to shame older folks or whatever. It just it didn't seem like a uh, like a priority. I've heard stories of his energy being weird at shows. Yeah. So I don't know. This conversation reminds me of say. an early concert I went to in my concert going life. It was Sting. It was the Nothing Like the Sun tour, and I went with a bunch of friends mm-hmm. from high school. And at one point he did Roxanne solo acoustic. Yeah. And it was great. But one one of the girls in our group was like, you can't do that to that song. How could you do that? Ah." And I was like, A, it's his song. And B, like, look at the artistic choice that's being made here. It's a, it's, it's a reimagining, you know, like let's open ourselves to, yes, I know you, you dig the way that they recorded it, but you're not stuck in that. Now, it sounds like these guys were half stuck in that and that was the problem. Well, yeah. That, so that was, that was my thought is think about him singing it. However, he sang it with the police playing behind him. Right. Like exactly like right. it was. Yeah. Weird. You would have been like, wait, what? Yeah. So I don't know if, if I'm the problem, let me know. <laughs> Coverbandconfidential gmail.com. Yeah. Or if you've been to their tour and felt the same way, let us know that too. Also. Yes. Okay. Ran over. Right. Good. So you want to get into something that's actually helpful and like beneficial well, to our audience. Yeah. I mean, so I mean, why do we, why do we, why don't we let you let's just go? Here we go. Leave so, it to it. Here so, we go. So, um, band played our our most recent gig uh, uh, last weekend, and then looked at the calendar, and it was empty. And we all Ooh. sort of realized, you know, we've got we've we, we haven't been in action around booking the band in a while. I haven't been, and uh, everyone else kind of said, yeah, well, I've got opportunities too. I haven't been, you know, I've been slacking on, and this resulted in this moment of giglessness on our calendar. And um, yeah, uh, for a band that's trying to come up from nothing you know we've been gigging for maybe coming up on a year now i think and starting to get a little traction but you know sticky tires don't work unless you put them on the road yeah so we all sort of had to come to jesus about that and understood that we needed to get in action so charlie and i my drummer third mention on charlie this episode we went and did our bar crawl gig hunting bar crawl um yesterday saturday and I know i've mentioned it a lot on the show i think we talked about it a few weeks ago but i want to just recap for anyone who's new what the dan ray bar crawl process is 
signature. Yeah, and you're welcome to steal it. Please do. In fact, a new Patreon just reached out to me, signed up yesterday, and mentioned that he had had some success with it. So that's great. The perfect time for this is between two and five on Saturday, especially if you're hitting places that do food because those will be quiet. Those will be quiet times. But often the manager is on site. They usually, in my experience, managers don't stay late on Saturday, but they're usually there in the afternoon. And so, you know, a good chance of dropping in at a time when it's quiet and they can talk. And so we set up a little tour of some places that one of them we've played before. One of them I've played before with a previous band, but I know the the person booking has changed and I don't know the new person. One I've wanted to play a long time and never had a contact for. And one that it seemed like on their Facebook they did music, but I wasn't sure. Yeah. And I'd never been there before. And so we did this tour, ended up making good contacts at two places. At one place where we had played, we played their first anniversary party back in October and had a ton of fun. Really, really played well. It was a three-piece version of us and it was really tight and great. And we walked out of there with three bookings for the band and two for some of my solo projects. So it was a very successful visit there. Had great, you know, chat with the the manager of that place. Um, Charlie goes to church with the owner. So we kind of have an in. Okay. Even though Charlie was a little abashed about how much he hadn't been missing church the last few months, but <laughs> you know, I, I bet he's missing it too. I don't know. It's summer, whatever. Anyway, then good contacts at the other couple of places did meet the manager at the place that I've always wanted to play. And then the new place I didn't know, they do acoustics some, but it's a tiny little spot and not interested in, in band kind of stuff. But so overall, really yeah. good contacts got made, some stuff got put in the calendar, including I'll be doing the karaoke there next Thursday, th- Thursday after next. With an eye toward maybe having that go weekly. So okay. I'll put out a whole big blast on my mailing list about that and get all my regulars out to support that night and have it be a huge success and then we'll turn it into something. So that's pretty exciting. So, you know, I think it's, I think the lesson there has to do with action, has to do with where you, where you are. Whenever I catch myself on the receiving end of my own lack of action, I, I'm never surprised. Like I know, I know I've been slacking. It's, not, it's never a shock to me. Sometimes the consequences come as a shock, but. the fact that I haven't been doing anything to prevent them doesn't really surprise me. But, you know, I, given we have some earballs listening to us here, I just invite all of you to look at the things, you know, you're could be taking action on an art and just do it, just do it. Cause I could have avoided this by doing this bar crawl a month ago. We'd have been in better shape. We'd had, you know, events on the books that would have people paying more attention to us as a band would have the band feeling tighter and more close and connected. And we'd be in a, just a, a better place if I had been yeah. um, more attentive to, to this. My attention has been on trying to replace a weekly acoustic event. And I've had some action around that and some activity around that, but that's been pulling focus from the band. And so I got to put, I mean, focus. And, but I mean, I guess just to clarify though, yeah. like that's a worthy distraction yeah, because you know what you're trying to do is is fill up your calendar as a as a musician. It's just a matter of how you do that. Yeah, look, you if, know, it, I'm assuming that currently that the solo stuff is probably more net benefit on your end as far as like the amount of effort, sweat equity versus compensation look, goes currently. A weekly gig at two fifty, yeah, that's pretty darn good. I'm gonna say like don't beat yourself up over that specific. No, thing. no, no, no for sure, and I and I. And I <laughs> I appreciate your generosity there. The reality is if I was at capacity of my ability to take action, that may be, that may be a legitimate thing, but I've known I was slacking. It's not, Yeah. it's not like we're not fooling anybody here. For sure. There are times when you 
only have the capacity you have and you have to make some prioritization choices valid but that wasn't this that I, you know i was i, I was just trying to cut your break no dude. i appreciate that i appreciate that and i'm i'm kind of holding my own feet to the fire about it because you know, it's how we grow it's how we how we and i don't I, i'm not doing that in a way that has me feel bad that that's not yeah. the point right the point is to learn from where you're at and grow and always be doing better for um, sure that's why i share all of that and so those of you who find yourselves in a place where you know there's action you could take you know there's calls you could make that you haven't been or whatever you know that time you get to the guitar solo in say it ain't so and you know that there's a way it goes that people are expecting but you don't have it in your hands yet and so you just do something yeah there there's one i'll be working on this weekend because i mentioned it we've all got stuff like that so yeah dig in well, and it's funny you mentioned that specifically because as a late diagnosed ADHD person, the um, one of the biggest symptoms of that particular situation is the avoidance cycle mm. where like you don't do something and then the thought of doing the thing causes you so much anxiety that just even the idea yeah. of doing it just makes you want to, you know, jump off a bridge. But the thing is, is that it, that is one of those situations that compounds over time. So the quicker that you can get over that hump uh, the less uh, mental load it, uh, it it puts on you. Yeah. And then you, you know, you're talking through this thing and the only thing that like is rolling through my head, again, ADHD, mm. is the lyrics to you, you Only Get What You Give Oh, by Brand New Radicals. Yeah. Because that's, you only get what you give. That's what it is. Yeah. If you want to get more, give more. But let me just say this too. The rap outro of that is one of the greatest pieces of music writing I think I've ever seen in my life. It also, I mean, it, it immortalizes the feud between Courtney Love and Marilyn Manson. Exactly. Which was very much a thing <laughs> when that song yeah, came out. For you youngsters. Yeah, yes. Well, we were talking about this, I think, on the Patreon Slack that the, uh, you know, brand new Radicals, that that band was was two people. Mm -hmm. It was a guy and a girl. They put that one record out and that was it. They did nothing else. They're both in, in like the producer world. They do songwriting and stuff. And uh, somebody had, had mentioned that. And so I looked, up, looked him up on Wikipedia. And he was the songwriter and producer for that Santana song, The Game of Love, that he did with Michelle Branch. All right. And once I connected all of those dots and then went back and listened to it, I was like, this is a brand new radical song. Mm. Like, it's so the way that he writes, the way that the, it's phrased, like all of that stuff is there cool. in that song. It's, it's, uh, it's fascinating. Who would have thunk that we'd make like a, a full Santana circle on, on this episode? The Santana cycle. We did it. We did it. Oh, yeah, Santana cycle is complete. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, yeah, I think that's a I think that's a good one to to wrap up on. You know, if there's always something. If I wrote down all the things that I need to do for any number of my projects, I would probably crawl into a hole and uh, never come out. But for me, the thing that that helps me kind of like wrap my head around stuff is what's the next right thing to do? Because if I look at something as far as like the total task of all the things that need to happen, again, I, I can't process that information. Yeah. But if I can, if I can just get to the motivation of what's the next right thing to do, it, it kind of causes this momentum to to start back up, and things tend to kind of fall into place as they as they should. Yeah. And it, it, you'd be surprised how little effort it can take to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, especially when the next right thing avoided. is like an afternoon having fun with my buddy, Charlie, drinking beers like that. I sound, mean, yeah. yeah like, let's just do lot, that. You could do a lot worse. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing is, um, and I mentioned this last week, we're contemplating a rebrand. 
Um, yep. and so there I was face to face with people who book bands and, um, and I made a point of like watching for their reaction to the name and the reaction to the name was universally very positive. The guy at the place I always wanted to play, like, uh, mm-hmm. saw the name, read it and like, oh, <laughs> like I saw I him have it. a moment with it. Um, mm-hmm. and then at the place where they did book us for several dates, I said, listen, let me just get your opinion on something. I'm, you know, we're thinking about a rebrand this, you know, the new strange might be a little played or a little bit a reference to something that doesn't happen anymore. And she's like, no, I love it. Keep it. So maybe that means that we'll be in the multi-brand world, right? We'll use the yep. new strange for bar gigs and then something else that says the right thing for other kinds of markets. I think that's, I think that's a, a, a likely outcome of this. Well, and you know, we've been talking a lot about systems and data and, and getting feedback yep. and a lot of the issues that we feel are of the highest importance are self-generated sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's so, the problem with going with your gut is sometimes your gut lies. Yeah. There's a really great line from uh, high fidelity that I won't say because we're trying to keep it PG here, yeah. but uh, it's a great movie. Yeah. And uh, if you've been thinking with your guts, your entire life in your guts, have crap for brains. It's not always the best thing. That's right. But go watch High Fidelity with John Cusack I'm, and Jack it's Black. It's time for a rewatch for me. I think it's been a long time. Catherine Zeta Jones is it? Like it's a it's a fantastic movie. Yeah. The boss is in it. Springsteen plays a, a very small role as himself. Nice. In like a in in a dream sequence. It's honestly probably one of the greatest adapted screenplays of all time. Because if you read the book High Fidelity, like ninety percent of the movie is just literally just copy paste mm. from from the book which cool. i love yeah the only difference is one's in london and one's in chicago it's pretty much it everything else is more or less the same cool all right folks i think that i think i think we hit it i think we've done it N- another flawless episode we're just pumping them out these days i mean I, I i can't argue with that yeah the numbers the uh the feedback the people the adulation mm. it it all bears out you know we we we're trying to stay humble, but uh, every week it's getting harder and harder. That is the that is the risk of being awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say like no. Well, no, no. That's, oh my god, that's called satire, folks. Yeah. Anyway, well, all y'all, folks, ladies, gentlemen, dudes of all of all kinds. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we could do the show without you, but we'd prefer not to. That's right. And things have been going pretty good, so let's uh, let's not ruin anything, okay? Plan. Let's just, yeah. let's just keep keep doing what yeah, we're doing. Do the survey because that'll help us not ruin it. One hundred percent. And if you want to help us out in any other way, you can listen to Mike Schulte. He'll take it from here. There you go. So I'll go ahead and call it for this week in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm Adam Johnson in Greensboro, North Carolina. I'm Dan Ray. You have been listening to the Cover Band Confidential Podcast for the week of August eighteenth, two thousand and twenty-three. Hey, everybody! It's Mike Schulte from the worst name band in America, the Pork Tornadoes. I listen and love this show, and apparently you do too because you made it this far. No one makes it this far, but you did, which means that you owe Adam and Dan. This podcast is free, and you consume it to its fullest it's time to pay up here's three things you need to do a you have to leave them a review on your podcast platform you're already in the app click five stars right now write some words done while you're there share this episode to a fellow musician there's a share icon on your podcast app text it to him and say you need to listen to this you need to get better you're not a good musician this will help you two 
You have to follow them on your social media platforms, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Go find them and follow. And D, everything I just said is free and it's the least you can do, but here's where you can really support you. Join the Patreon. This is where you can actually support this podcast that you cherish so much. A small monthly donation gets you access to the Slack channel, which is the best place to be if you're a musician who wants to take your band to the next level. You have some of the best musicians giving advice and helping you out, and it's just a great overall community do it i'm serious do it now do all these things or else the pork tornadoes will come to your town book a show the same night as your band at a different bar i'm serious we'll do it 